Hello everybody, it's me Ross and welcome to another edition of Game Day Extra Time, the show where fans have their say on their club. And oh my god, what another mental week for our football club. One pull out, another pull in, takeover talk still rambling on and uh, Town are still unbeaten in League One. Five games unbeaten. It's, it's mad. It started with a goal destroy against Northampton and then we've ended it with three wins in a row against three decent sides in League One. Uh, we've got a big show ahead, many great guests and normal game day extra time posse regulars involved. I'm bringing that phrase. It's going to it's gonna catch on. Game day extra time posse. It's going to catch on. But enough of me. Let's introduce the first man joining us. He's making his return. It's good old Tom Baines. That's the last time I'll say good old, by the way. Um, we're going to start off with Paul Lambert getting sacked and Paul Cook getting appointed. Uh, that was a crazy Sunday evening uh, when Paul Lambert got sacked. Um, Tom, what was your reaction when you saw that on Sunday evening? Or didn't you see it until Monday? Because everyone's probably getting ready to go to bed. There is a God, isn't there? I'm a, I'm a staunch atheist, but there is a God somewhere and he was... He or she was smiling down on us that day. But yeah, very weird timing. Bit of a shit-ass move from the club. Uh, 9.30 Sunday night, I, like most people, were was winding down, just about to go to bed and then just saw Twitter exploded and just smiling, you know, scrolling through, thinking it's finally happened. Going into the fridge, only having very cheap lager um, that had been in the back of my fridge for about two months. Um, but it tastes amazing. It's probably the best beer I've ever had. Um, but yeah, it's, it's fantastic news. I mean, the, it, the situation hadn't got toxic. It, it had gone nuclear, really, hadn't it? And I think his just, you know, toxicity was just leaching into to all aspects of the club. And, you know, it was it was well time for him to go. Any other club, he would have gone months and months ago. Um, so glad he's finally gone. I think what was interesting that, the interview after done uh the Doncaster game he just sounded really happy and like quite content and he knew he was going and I think he just wanted to go he wanted to go weeks ago but obviously Evans was too tight to sack him but he just sounded relieved and he just sounded like someone that we hadn't seen you know since since he joined the club he was laughing and joking you know all the speculation about Paul Cook he was just like oh yeah ah, he's in my office now I think just from you know a mental health perspective, it's, it's good for him that he's finally gone of a job that, that he doesn't want. So best of luck to him, wherever that is. Don't know where that's going to be. Maybe Germany. Um, <laughs> but Paul Paul Cook, I mean, what an appointment. Um, when Lambert came in, I was quite sceptical, but I thought give him a chance. You know, despite his past history, he's worth a chance. But with this one, I just got a really good good feeling it just seems like such a solid and sensible appointment um great track record with promotions with with Portsmouth and Wigan he'd still be managing the championship with with Wigan had uh you know Al, Al Young I think it was was the owner um ran it into the ground you know a lot of shenanigans with um betting markets in Asia and and them going down and being put into administration you know he still would have been there if, if it hadn't been for all that but yeah, what what an appointment. Fantastic record. Almost 50% win ratio at Pompey. You know, got Wigan up from League One, you know, really convincingly. So, yeah, it's just what what a turnaround a couple of weeks, you know, feeling just so distant and so just utterly bored of, 
of Ipswich and in a couple of weeks it's just stark difference just is yeah is amazing grinning from ear to ear can't stop smiling it's nice nice to come on here and, and talk about some good news rather than same same old shit different day so huzzah good times are here definitely I think everyone in this call has got a, a smile on their face thanking that another Paul or Paul Lambert's gone and uh, we're now appointed another Paul. Marcus Evans's favourite sort of name is bringing in managers called Paul. Um, over to you then, Brad. Your name's not Paul. It's Brad. Uh, welcome back <laughs> to the show. Um, again, day regular himself. Um, yeah, your thoughts on what's been going on at the club in terms of the appointment and the sacking of Paul Lambert. Yeah, thanks for having me back on. Paul is dead. Long live for Paul. Finally, Lambert has gone. Um, I don't really want to say too much more on him because I was sick of him and I just want to move on now to, to, to Paul Cook um, and just try and look forward because we have to look forward. with Thanks to Matt Gill and Jimmy Walker, we've got a season to play for. And um, Paul Cook coming in, I, I don't think on paper we could have got a better appointment. If you're looking purely on paper, his win ratio, his success at previous clubs... Um, we had, we had offers from the Championship, from Cardiff and Sheffield Wednesday, turned them both down. So to get him, I think it's a real keep. That really is. And um, he's just straight away from his first interviews, he's just so enthusiastic, isn't he? He just makes you smile when you when you start watching him. Um, and even on Tuesday night, you could hear him shouting because he was near the commentary. And then the sorts of things he was shouting were getting me quite enthusiastic as well, sort of things like higher and wider and pressing and that and... Kind of similar to what Mr. Lambert used to say, but that all died a death, didn't it? But I, I, I know, having watched Paul Cook's teams, that we're in for quite a treat with the way he plays. Um, and with, our, with us currently playing 4 2 3 1, I think it's just, it's just like hand in glove, perfect fit. And if he said so himself, he doesn't need to change too much because we're on a bit of a run. Um, so personally, I'd like to change Lick Chambers at right back, but I'm, I'm sure he will do in. in um, in times to come. But, yeah, I'm, I'm really pleased with the appointment. He's just the complete opposite to Lambert. You, you have that miserable, miserable end to his reign. Uh, like Tom said, just couldn't, couldn't believe it Sunday night. I still can't believe the club didn't use the corner flag picture, however. Um, the amount of times that went out. But, yeah, cut in. Even though Leo Neal said it would take him, take, take Marcus plenty of times to appoint someone. And, um, just got to look forward and I think we're finally going to get that new manager bounce because I can't remember the last time we had one. He's coming into a team who's won three in a row, is full of enthusiasm. All he's really got to do is just motivate the players. And we're not playing actually that well at the minute, but we're solid and we're, we've got a threat about us. So if he just sort of adds a couple of tweets here and there, um, I'm, I'm, I'm buzzing for the next few weeks. That's, that's all I can say really. There's a lot of uh, players I'm looking for, look forward to seeing him under. Um, I think he's going to really enjoy working with Josh Harrop, who is similar to Kieran Dow, who he had at Wigan. Um, and I just think we're just going to see us score a lot more goals. I mean, we've, we've just been so bored of seeing... Well, we've, we've pretty much predicted we won't score one um, the last few months has gone by this season. So I think if you don't buy that 8-0 win against Hull, we're in for a few more goals as Ipswich Town fans. So, yes... Fingers crossed that it's all going to work out, but you never know. He is, he, look, there is some negatives. He is confrontational. It could all go really quickly, ugly, badly, very quickly, because if, if results don't, 
if we don't get him straight away and we're, we're not promoted and he's sort of having arguments with the fans, because I, I know he has done at Portsmouth before and, and Widren as well, then it, it, it could go a bit ugly. But whatever the case, it's all going to be a roller coaster because the guy's coming into what he's, what he's coming into, then it's going to go one way, one way or another for me. And um, yeah, just glad he's here. Well said, as always, Brad, and welcome back. Over to good old Segs next. He's the next person I can see on my screen. So I'm going to go over to you um, and get your take on everything. We've done a lot of videos on our YouTube channel, Kings of Anglia, um, on Facebook and all, all the socials. Not TikTok. That's not happening. Not worry, TikTok is not happening. Uh, but Segs, um, your overall feeling, it's been a few days now since we've been able to look back and go, he's gone, but now we've got another Paul in charge. Um, your thoughts on everything? Yeah, um, obviously happy Sunday night. I didn't see it straight away. Funny enough, like Tom said, I was kind of watching TV but starting to fall asleep. So it woke me up and I was awake for a little bit longer. But um, very happy. Um, I can't remember being this happy in terms of following Ipswich uh, when the last time that was. Um, obviously, probably in the Championship. But, you know, it's all it's all very a crazy feeling at the moment. We brought Paul Cook in. I don't want to talk too much about Lambert. I mean, everyone knows my feelings on him. He's He's gone now. I'm... Have, I'm drinking my last Lambert out beer as we speak, so yeah, it's all gone. It's, he's he's gone. He's end of. Um, we look to the future now, and that's with Paul Cook, um, who I really like. Um, one of my picks, if we could pick him up, then that'd have been great, and we have done. Um, listen to his press conference. He's obviously a manager who wants to manage in the championship, and if he can do that with us, then that's great. I mean, if he can pick us up, get us promoted either this season or next, then. Yeah, it's, it's good things for us and it's looking positive. He's, he's going to get us playing the way we want to see us played. I mean, um, his type of football is similar to the Ipswich way. So um, that too is a, a positive bringing in Paul Cook. And listening to him as well, he can be quite funny. Um, quite enjoyed listening to that press conference. It was a fresh of, uh, fresh of breath air, to be honest. Um, or breath of fresh air, sorry. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's definitely a... Definitely positive for us going forward. Um, I'm looking forward to Saturday so much more than I have been the past few weeks. Um, it's, I think it's going to be a good game. Interesting to see if he changes it much. Um, same as Brad, I would like him to take Chambers away from right back, but he admitted himself that he had a good game on Tuesday. So, yeah, he might keep him in. He might keep the same team, which is, you know, they're on a winning run, so why not? It's been going well for us lately, and he's, he doesn't need to do much. We're on a bit of a good run, but the manager bounce could, ha- could help, and just pick us up to push to those playoffs, playoffs or even more. Um, so, yeah, I'm happy overall. Um, we'll see how it goes. I said. Um, over to you then, Liam. I'm going to leave David and Darren to last the the two Ds. Um, I said that wrong there, but I'm going to I'm going to move I'm going to move on to Liam. Um, hopefully, we won't be hearing Germany on our play for big clubs anymore. Um, of course, I don't think Paul Cook has played for big clubs in terms of. You know, Champions League and all that. I'm just chucking out in there as well. But um, your thoughts on everything um, Sunday? I'm sure you were just getting ready to, to just wind down. I think we actually recorded a video, the Monday recap, and we had to scrap it because the news came out. And we're like, oh, that was a waste of time recording that. But yeah, over to you, my friend. Uh, yeah, um, <laughs> uh, that was a bit of a, uh, a bummer we did that. was about a, an hour before... Um, before basically it came out um, and it obviously all got scrapped. I mean, I find it a bit weird timing that it was done so late um, when clearly the deal was done. Um, 
and why he was in charge against Doncaster, I'll never know. Um, at the end of the day, Matt Gill has made the biggest impression uh, in town's upsurge in form. Uh, so, um, really, you can't give Lambert too much credit because I, I think at the end there, even the whole game, I think most of the reins had kind of been taken away from him. So, I'm delighted that Matt Gill is staying on. I think that's that's a, a good thing. Um, and, I mean, I have seen some things um, that he could be off to Celtic, which <laughs> really doesn't surprise me whatsoever. Um, but I, I would be surprised if Celtic went after him. But um, it doesn't surprise me if they did offer him that he would go days after him saying that he didn't want to ruin his uh, reputation at a club that he has such fondness for. So, uh, just, yeah, I, said, I don't think just, he has just quickly, much. I, Liam, I just I read last night, he said it again. He's not going. He doesn't want it. I read it this morning. Well, maybe so. he won't. Maybe he won't, but he was um, pushed forward um, to the bookies' favourites uh, at one stage in the last week. So, who knows? Um, good luck to who him. Cares? I hope he gets better. Who cares? We'll carry on. I, I hope he gets better. I hope he gets better. Um, uh, but overall, absolutely delighted with Cook. We knew that um, it was only going to be a matter of time. It was too far gone with Lambert. So great getting Cook in. For me, I would have, I, I always wanted the Cowleys, but Cook was always one of the two, I think, that any town fan was going to mention. It was either Cook or the Cowleys. So uh, I'm absolutely not bothered by either, to be honest. I think both would have been really good appointments. And I think Cook is a really good um, appointment, as everyone has said, really, in, in pushing town forward and hopefully um, when town re- get back to the championship, whether it be this season or sometime in the future, then there is something to be more hopeful about getting back uh, to being an ever stay in that division. And who knows, maybe maybe things might build from there. But for now, just really happy and uh, we'll uh, hopefully be uh, celebrating maybe a promotion all of a sudden. What a, what a crazy turnaround that is. Yeah, mental. And um, I'm going to leave you last, Darren. No hard feelings. Um, that is just how I see on my screen. Oh, oh okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> Business can't see that, but he's, um, he's, he's giving me a nice thumbs up. Um, over over to, to David um, I'm sure um, listeners are used to you swearing about Paul Lambert and you know terrible games what but... yeah, yeah, what, what, yeah what, my, what my, my, my USP is gone yeah pretty much um, I don't know you can find something else to do to, to, to discuss things but um, um, I, I'm sure you're, you're a more happier man now that he's gone and um, Paul Cook's in Absolutely, it interrupted my watching of um, Great Pottery Throwdown because I had it sitting on my phone, sitting there, and it just came up. He's gone, and I had to pause everything and uh, spend the next twenty minutes just sort of going, "Yes, ding dong, the witch is dead." Um, I, for, for me, then Cook is Cook. Cook's one of my the, the two I've been arguing for ages. I said earlier on, um, it's three years late because I wanted either Cook or um, the Cowleys when we pointed Hurst. So, and I had many discussions with Oscar at the time because Wigan were 
then in the in League One, and Oscar was very much of the opinion that there's no way anybody would forsake Wigan to come to Ipswich, and I was arguing Ipswich were a much bigger side of greater potential. So we just got him three years late, um, three years of treading water be- between hand. I, yeah, delighted. Um, as I say, I, I would have appointed the Cowleys, but Cook would have been second, been a very very close second choice. I think that the the thing is that, like Brad said, we're we're not playing brilliantly at the moment. But we're working hard, which is something we didn't do earlier in the season. We're organised, which we weren't earlier in the season. You think about that Hull game where Hull were incredibly organised and we were just chaotic. They weren't head and shoulders above us. They were just organised. We've added that in there. We've we've got the aggression. We've got that. And again, I, I put that down entirely to Matt Gill, who I think has been in charge effectively for the last three, four games. Um, it is more direct. I just think that um, what Cook will add is that element of control. So rather than sort of hurling the ball forward, there'll just be a bit more focus to it, which will be good. I would like to see us manage games better because I think that we, the worrying thing at the moment is we've got all that high energy in the first half and this last 20 minutes, half hour of the last three, four games, we've really run out of steam. So I'd I'd like to see that management side better, but I think Cook will do it. I'm I'm impressed with him. Reach for the stars, as as he as he said in his press conference, wasn't it? You you've got to aim high. I'm impressed. Okay then. Well, Darren, you've heard a lot from everybody else. Um, you're the man to put the final nail in that Paul Lambert coffin. Um, and are you are you one of the the group that wanted Paul Cook in, or or did you want another manager in, or did you not want uh, Cook at all? Um, no, no. I mean, I'm, I'm in. I'm quite happy with Cook. Um, like some of the other chaps there, I, I personally would have gone with the Cowleys. Um, I think that maybe they, me in my head, Ipswich is a family club, and they probably have fitted in quite well to our culture of looking to, you know, build youngsters from the the academy, and then we all build something together. But. Um, people with a lot more football knowledge than me are all saying such, you know, good things about Paul Cook that um, clearly he's a, you know, he's a good manager. Um, what what I'm really pleased about is he seems to be a really good man manager as well, which we've, Mick, that was, you know, one of the big things about Mick. He was always very good at, you know, working with the players. Lambert obviously has a track record of just falling out with, with everybody. Um, so, no, I mean, I'm, Please, I mean, the, obviously, like everyone, Sunday night, I was in the middle of watching a a film, and then and then when I saw the the, the news, perhaps because I'm a a sensitive soul, I sort of saw his he'd gone, and then felt guilty because like, oh God, we made it such hell for him, you know, he's lost his job, oh dear. But then that only lasted about five seconds when I realised he's all right. You know, he'll be, he won't have to work for a few years. And um, yeah, he was, <laughs> he was probably quite happy to get out of there. So uh, I mean, I, I, I make a point. Uh, I wish uh, Stuart Taylor well, obviously terrible news about, you know, his father just dying with the illness that he's had. So I hope the club have, you know, done him a good deal. just so that he hasn't got, you know, money to worry about as well as all the other stuff. So, you know, good luck to him. Um, so the in between, you know, the appointment, which obviously wasn't very long, was it? How many, you know, hours did we have to wait? Not that long. I kind of thought, and I think I said to you last earlier in the week, you know, what what should be, what the club should do now is like write a new, um, 
I forget the word now, David would have it at the top tip of his tongue, but th- there should be some mandate at the club that no one who's ever played, managed or represented Norwich in any way should ever be, ever be appointed by Ipswich. And then when we did a bit of research into Paul Cook, he's played six games. So, <laughs> oh no, <laughs> six games so that we can ignore those because he was very young. So that's just forget that. Um, we all do seems... things when we're young. Yeah, that's it. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, yeah, he seems to want to play this 4-2-3-1 formation. Um, I'm, a, I'm a two-man up front type of guy, especially when we've, we've got better players than everybody else. So we'll see how that goes. I'm not sure if, if that's going to be great for Jackson because... You know, Jackson, we all know Jackson is definitely a better player in a pair than on his own. Um, and I, I don't think Jackson fits into the mould of other strikers that, that Paul Cook has used, you know, up front on his own. Um, so, yeah, we'll see. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm just pleased. It's good. Like everyone here, we're all smiling for a change. You know, it's all we're looking forward to games. It's all positive. Um I'd, I'd, list, I'd listened to a tiny bit of his interview that he did with I follow and read some of the the transcript of his interview. And uh, I, I think it's such a shame that we're not there at the ground because, as David said, some of his comments about, you know, making reference to the fans and they can be a negative. And so whether people have been in his ear since he's walked through the door and that, you know, we need to keep the fans on side, the fans have caused all this. Um, because that is, we all know that's not the case. You know, if, 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 uh, the next home game, it would be packed out, we'd all be singing his name and he would get a clear message that we're, that we're all behind him. So, um, yeah, big shame that we're not in there, obviously for a trillion reasons, but, um, I hope that he will certainly understand that, uh, uh, we're all behind him and, and perhaps having, uh, what's the guy's name now? Uh, our assistant manager now, the co- or coach, the winger, Gary Roberts. Gary Roberts. Gary Roberts. Obviously, he's been at the club before. I think he would have had a really good relationship with the fans in his time um, at the club. I certainly think there was a lot of Liam. Did you say that you had his name on your, on his shirt? Harvey. Harvey was it? Yeah. Um, so um, he was a great player. I mean, mm. does does anyone know? Is he actually signed as a player coach? Because he coach, was playing at. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he could do we'll a job. See. Last ten minutes, whip across in. His delivery is still decent. It's probably better than any anyone else we've got at the club, probably. So um, <laughs> anyway, but yeah, I'm overall really pleased that that, that Lamb has gone. Good luck for whatever he does. Um, and Cook looks to be a fantastic signing for us as a club in League One to to get us out of this league. So you know, good luck. There we go, all aboard the Paul Cook Barmy Army. I'll try my best not to do the slip of a tongue and call him a, something different, um, his last name. Um, but we're going to go right into the... Oh, Brad, you want to say something? Uh, yeah, just um, on the Cowleys and the Cook thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I too would have preferred the Cowleys, but I guess I'll lead you into it now, with the fact that now this takeover is happening and you hopefully, well, it might be happening, hopefully going to have a proper chief executive running the club from day to day, then that'll just allow Cook to get on with his job. Rather, with if it was the Cowleys and Evans, you'd have two of them. And because you just know, with, with previous years of the managers, they just 
basically left alone just to run the whole football club, aren't they, pretty much? Um, so I feel a bit better about Cook coming in with a proposed takeover. Well, I was wondering how I was going to segue into the takeover. I'd have to just create something out of blue. But yeah, as Brad said, takeover. Um, it's happening. It's not happening. Um, a lot of different stories out there. Um, of course, we're going to discuss it in this. Um, we're also going to discuss Marcus Evans' statement to the fans about you know, his biggest challenge as an owner and those takeover talks. Um, I want to go over to Liam first because he chucked his hat in the ring in a private message to me. Um, nothing dirty. Just, um, just want to talk about the, the takeover stuff. Um, so, Liam, take it away, your thoughts and everything. And um, I'm sure everyone got a message of who are season ticket holder about um, you know, Marcus Seven's statement and letter to the fans. Well, I mean, to begin with, I'm interested to know what um, all you guys uh, and the wider fan base think about a takeover in general. Because I... I I'm coming from it from a very late point of view. I've only been a season ticket holder for three years. I've only been in Ipswich for five. Um, so the rest of all of you guys have probably been supporters for the last 13 years of Evan's reign. Um, so, I mean, I'm not going to come out and say, oh, yes, it should be great, blah, 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 because a lot of fans are have got concerns about change of ownership could make things a bit dangerous in terms of of the stability of the club going forward, and especially with foreign investors as well. There's always that danger that they don't understand uh, the club or the landscape that they're buying into. It, it is a gamble. Um, you have seen some good takeovers and, and you've seen some pretty horrific ones that have been happening pretty recently if you look at Bolton and, and Berry especially. Um, so, but I, I just think at this stage, I think this, if this is going to happen, I think this can only be good uh, for Ipswich. Because if, if I turn this on its head and ask the question, where do, where do we all think the club will go if Evan stays in charge? Because for me, Ipswich have been trading in free transfers and loan signings just to just to keep the quality up enough um, to keep keep going. Um, and obviously that all disappeared when Hurst came in and it all went down the pan and got relegated. But the fact of the matter is, it's not just that lack of resource that um, Evans has has on the scene. I mean, he pays the bills, yes. He's, but for me, I, I, I equate it almost as being life support. I, I don't see it being a proactive owner. I think he's just keeping the club on ice and it's just continuing to just kind of just about stay conscious. But it, it's it's not going anywhere. Um, I mean, poor decision-making. Lambert is a, is a complete an obvious answer to that. Um, no one expected him to get in charge with his record. He got taken in. Um, and, and for an astute businessman, the lack of grasping business opportunities. So, for instance, 2015, which a lot of people harp on about, in the fact that Ipswich missed out on a real chance of promotion to the Premier League when things could have been so much different. And Evans didn't do anything. I just think 
if this American group, as it's been rumoured, is going to take over, having a look at them, and look, I'm, I'm not going to say that I know everything about them and this, that and the other, but having looked at some of the stuff that they've done, some of the projects, I think what they really try to do is they try to make make it um, a strong and stable club behind the scenes and try and build something. And I think that's what Ipswich needs. And what Brad said about getting the right people in the right positions behind the scenes at the football club. Um, I mean, it, Town could get promoted this season. But for me, if Evan stays in charge, they'll either float there like they have done or they'll become a Championship League One yo-yo side bit like, say, Barnsley um, in the last few years. Because do we really expect, if Evans gets us, if we get up this season on the cup, do we expect him to make the investment that needs to be made on that squad to survive in the championship? Because that squad isn't good enough right now to survive in that league. <laughs> it's, it's a good question. Cook is a great appointment. We've, we've said that. But I think if... Um, Evans remains in charge that in two or three years time, maybe even less than that we'll be calling for Cook's head because the same deficiencies from the very top will rise to the surface again and we'll be calling for the manager when the biggest issue throughout all of this, the common denominator has been Evans um, as for his comments the other night well, I mean for me I think, I think it's just he could have just not mentioned it. Um, I, I don't know why he's gone into great detail in in trying to quash everything. Um, transparency has been missing throughout pretty much the majority of his 13 years. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, last night, he's transparent, Rivers, to say that nothing's happened. And then, and then transparent enough to say that when something does happen, we'll be the first to know. Uh, to be honest, I think that's absolute bullcrap. Uh, <laughs> uh, I think there are there is an NDA in in there to stop him talking, and I think that's why everyone thinks they seem to know everything, but nothing um, is absolutely guaranteed. Didn't mention the land registry stuff, um, which may or may not suggest a takeover, but. Why would he sell Playford Road, his only asset, uh, without someone coming into the football club as a whole? Um, it doesn't make sense. Uh, I think he's 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 just been trolling us, um, and it's just his dysfunctional nature. You look at Lee O'Neill, <laughs> that was mentioned about the Cook um, interview uh, on Monday about, well, we'll take our time. That deal was probably signed, sealed and delivered at the same time that Lee O'Neill was briefing uh, the club media. Um, but either he's doing the job that Evans wants him to do and keep things stum, or he didn't know, which, frankly, I think is probably the more likely. Um, and I feel sorry for Lee O'Neill, but he's not the right man to do this whole job behind, behind the scenes. Um, so basically, that the, everything he said, green shoots, all that, I think it's all complete and utter rubbish. 
And I don't think we can believe anything really that Marcus Evans says. So I don't believe a word a word about him. I think there are things going on behind the scenes at the club. And I don't believe anything that Marcus Evans comes out and says. Um, and we'll just have to see how it plays out. Okay, there. Sorry for the bad feedback. If you heard that, listeners, um, Liam went into a bit of a robot at the end there. But um, <laughs> let's move on to uh, Tom. Um, your take on everything, the takeover, Marcus Evans' statement. Um, I, I read the, the the statement and the letter from him just just before we came on, just to see what he had to say. Um, what what you're feeling about it all? He's a funny one, isn't he, Marcus Evans? For years, he was in in the background and, and didn't say a word and now it seems his favourite thing every few months is just to release these great big long statements that are hundreds and hundreds of words but literally say absolutely nothing um, and it's all the, the weird language it's like I don't know whether he just has auto sign off on it it's just like yep yeah, post it's all like you know you wouldn't you wouldn't play the fiddle when Rome's burning and stuff it's like just speak in English. Just speak in plain, like, coherent what does that even English. Mean? Exactly. What does it even mean? Um, but, yeah, just speak in plain, plain English. Like, I would much rather have a 100-word statement of, of pure fact than just... I was just reading through it, just like, what is he talking about? It, it, it did, actually. It reminded me of, like, being in uni and you're coming up to deadline day and it's like, I'm 400 words short here. I'm in, I'm in trouble. And you just waffle on and on and on about absolute nonsense just to get get near get anywhere near the word count. Um, he should stop talking. He, he really he really should. Um, takeover is an odd one. I I desperately want to believe it's happening, but I'm kind of trying to temper my excitement and temper my expectations because it seems so good and it seems like it would really catapult the the club. And like Liam said, Liam. Um, you know, Evans has just been keeping us on ice. He's just been keeping us in this coma-like state. Not pulled the plug, but we're not we're not doing anything. We're barely responsive. Um, but this just seems like if it ever was going to happen, it seems like now is sort of like the perfect time for it to to happen or for it to line up. Because he said he'd listen to offers if it was the right people. Um, Obviously, these guys aren't going to be associated with with soft power. It's not the Middle East. It's not the Saudis or anything like that. They seem very responsible. There's a lot of capital behind them. Um, I think the most exciting thing is their their success level. You know, they their their football's in their veins. You know, Phoenix Rising. They've got ambitions to get that in the MSL, which is is not cheap. You know, talking a couple hundred mil there. They've got another team in Rhode Island, which they've got ambitions of, of getting that going. Helsingor in, in, in Denmark as, as well. So the fact that they've been here and done this before speaks real volumes and is, is really, uh, really positive. And I think as, as well, what makes me believe in, in it a bit more is his motivation to sell now has got to be at an all-time high because... His industry, obviously, is in hospitality. That's where he made all his money. That's decimated. COVID's decimated that. I guarantee next year when the rich list comes out, 
he ain't going to be 600 mil. It's going to be significantly less because he can't put on the events and stuff like that. So he's probably thinking, well, I've got other businesses that need my attention. They're losing money. I'm literally throwing money down a drain here at Ipswich. I've got a chance to, to still have a small stake in the club, but to not have any of the financial burden whatsoever. I don't have to put in six million a year. I can keep my little stake. If these Americans do catapult them into the Premier League, which we desperately, desperately all hope that happens, um, he still gets to keep his 5%, which, to be fair, you know we've all got our criticisms of him, but he probably does deserve it with all the money he's he's put in to get maybe something back that might be controversial but um but as well on on the thing of rumors i just think that many national journalists wouldn't go on record saying there's something in it if there was if it was just smoke and mirrors and if it was you know uh, twitter talk and you know what it was on social media a couple weeks ago just just all rumor i think it is true i just think it's going to take a while to, to get over the line and the more important thing, like Liam said, is promotion. Forget the takeover. Let's put that to the back of our minds. Getting promoted is the most most important thing. If this takeover happens, fantastic. It's, it's part one of two. We've got rid of Lambert, which we would have taken on its own, uh, you know, a, a couple of weeks ago. So I think just temper expectations. We've we've got one thing out of two. Two things out of two would be really nice, but. Yeah, fingers and toes crossed this this all happens. Okay, well said. I've got to try to think of some smart segues when I introduce people, but I'm not I'm not that snappy. Um but I'm gonna go over to Brad who started the takeover talks um segment of the show. Um I'm interested to hear what you've got to say, Brad. I we haven't spoke for a little while, so I wanna know if your feelings on, you know, Marcus Evans as an owner and these Americans coming in possibly. Well, I don't really know if I have much more to say because Tom and Liam have just said pretty much everything I had wrote down. Move on. Um, I mean, it, it, if, if you're asking me on Evans as an owner, just basically reminds me of like a guy who's bought a house, paying the bills, but can't really be bothered to do any renovations, and then and yeah, just kind of just living there. And that's, that's basically what Marcus Evans' tenure has been. He's paid the mortgage. Um, yeah, he's kept us afloat, but. Exactly like Liam said, I just feel like we'll just be a Barnsley if he stays here, and uh, we'll be having these problems for the next few years. Uh, which sounds funny because Barnsley are actually in with a playoff shout this season. <laughs> but um, yeah, but yeah, I, I, I am, I'm excited by the new owners, but there's always a bit of a, oh god, could it all just go up in smoke? Because you just feel like that with an, as being an Ipswich Town fan. Like any time we sign a new player, we think, oh, he's going to get injured. There's always that sort of pessimism, isn't there? Yeah. Um, but yeah, we, it's a risk worth taking because for the last 13 years, certainly the last few years, we've just gone absolutely nowhere. And we're a, we are a big football club and we deserve so, so much more. So if we're going to have somebody come in and with somebody with the history of running successful franchises as they were, uh, they know how to run a football club, put somebody in place to be here every day because running the Running a football club is a full-time job. Marcus Evans is, what, only there like two or three times a month? And Leo O'Neill, yeah, he's, he's there nearly every day, I presume, but I don't really know what, he, what he's doing. Um, so actually hiring the right people in place and then just, well, just, um, just uh, make, keeping the project going, then 
it's the risk worth taking for me. Um, it kind of feels like it could be a short marriage because they've outrightly said this group that they're looking to um, buy, sell, make a profit, get out quick sort of thing. Not, not necessarily get out quick, but I don't think you're going to see anywhere near the 13 years that Evans has been here. And especially with Cook as well, um, his, his longest management, management um, period at an English club is only three years. So it either takes off absolutely massively and we're suddenly in the Premier League or it just all sort of ends in, uh, I, I, I don't know, like you say, there's always that pessimism of a town fan, but it's a risk worth taking because we've just been so, such, well, you see it on, um, on tweets and that, our Ipswich town the most, um, like the worst football club to support. And a lot of people say yes, because nothing ever happens, does it? I mean, we're in the championship for, what was it, 19, 20 years? And we've gone down to lead one. So some, something has to change big. So this is the big change. Um, I think it is going to happen because Cook basically said that it is, in his press conference, said um, what was about to happen at the club. Um, I think, think town fans are going to be very excited and what what's, what's going to happen. So the, the night before, Evans denies it. But he doesn't flat out deny it, does he? Because he then, like, there's a, there's a, there's a term in there in brackets which says not the one which is spoken about in the media. So he doesn't even want to speak about that group. He could then flat out say, I'm not selling this club to this American consortium. Um, absolute load of bollocks. But he didn't. He just tiptoed around it. Um, and now, now Cook is saying that it's, it's kind of going through the day after. It's just, it's pretty, it's just a comedy act of a minute, isn't it? What somebody's saying one thing one day, it's totally opposite of different happens with next. So... By this time tomorrow, I expect that the takeover news will have been confirmed and um, Saturday we'll win 5 now. So, yeah. Ooh, um, okay. Um, <laughs> Seg's not happy with that because that was his prediction, 5 nil. Um, but before we get into... I don't know where that come from. <laughs> I don't know, five goals, I wouldn't mind that. That'd be nice to see some more goals. But um, Seg's, Liam, Brad and Tom is covered pretty much all bases and I've still got David and Darren to go to as well about this talk but um, anything else you'd like to add about also you know Lambert's statement as a whole because he mentioned other things as well uh, Evans what did I say you said Lambert oh god you got even Lambert on your brain haven't you oh, I got too that's much some Lambert. sort of fine that's a fine that's a fine <laughs> yeah if you ever say Lambert again that's a fine um, but Evans sorry statement yeah go, go on <laughs> Now, first thing I was going to say was um, going back to the press conference, how Cook was talking about how passionate um, Evans was for the club. Just sounded like Evans just took him aside before the press conference, just said, "Just make sure you tell the fans just how good I am, and uh, you know, big me up, just to make make it sound like I've done better than what I have for you." Um, but yeah, I mean, he has it has been a bad thirteen years, or whatever it has been. But he has been keeping the club afloat. But to counteract what Brad, Tom, and Liam have said in terms of investment and stuff like that. He invested it in Keane. He gave him money. It was spent badly. Yes, I agree with 2015. He should have put a bit of money into the squad. Um, and he didn't. We could have been in a different place for now if he had it done. Um, but then, go back to 2017. He helped Mick Brick in, bring in Waghorn, Garner, all those kind of players. We would have had a good, big, a good squad that season if it wasn't for Mick being as defensive as he was. And then bring in Hurst. And he backed him as well. But he brought in players who just weren't good enough for the league and where we were at the time and our ambition. 
Um, he just Hurst just decimated the squad more than he needed to, um, personally. So, yeah, you can blame Evans, but there's also part of it where bad decisions have been made from the managers bringing these players in, or they bought the players and it just hasn't been used properly. So, there's two sides to that. Um, I'm not defending Evans by any means in, in imagination. Um, I'm just saying there is a, in my eyes, there is a different side to that as well. Um, he has he has done what he can at times. Um, I'm not saying he is passionate as such because. I don't believe that, but you know, uh, and then then again, last season, January 20, 2020 or twenty nineteen, whatever it was, um, maybe twenty twenty, wasn't it? Yeah, um, he didn't invest in Lambert either. You know, we had a sh- we were failing away. Um, Lambert would have done anything with it anyway, as we know now. But um, he didn't invest in Lambert, and if he had it done, perhaps things would have been a little bit different. But we floated away and finished eleven. So, you know, that's that's just my opinion on that, Liam. Brad and Tom have said the other side of that, so I'm not going to go into that too much, which I do agree with them, but there is just that side to it as well, in my opinion. Um, in terms of the statement, it's just a load of rubbish. He had to say that. Um, he hasn't... It's just just one of those things. If he has signed an NDA, he can't say much else, in my, um, personally. Um, I'm just looking at it. We'll see how it goes. It would be nice to have taken over. It would be a, you know, a fresh start, clean slate, especially under Paul Cook. Hopefully he can... It will push us up and take us further. Um, but who knows? I'm just laughing with all the Twitter stuff at the moment and just hoping that something happens. I'm not looking into it too much until something's confirmed. There's no point getting too agitated by all the tweets and stuff like that. Just wait and see what happens and write it out. Okay, then. Well, David, I know you've had your, you know, you've been sitting on your hands waiting to talk about this. <laughs> um, oh, desperately. Des- yeah, desperately, yes. Um, Oh dear, what a mess! Um, it's, not, it's it's not it's nothing. Yeah. yeah. Um, different things. In terms in terms of Evans, I think Evans gets a lot of stick. Um, I don't think he's the greatest owner in the world. I don't think he's the worst owner in the world. Um, I think every single managerial appointment has made sense in its own terms. If you look at um, Keane. He'd done well at um, Sunderland, track record, he may, and and you, sort of like new era, big signing. It makes sense. Yeah, it ignores the fact that he's an unpleasant bully and he destroys relationships and all of those things. But it made sense. Jewellard had got a track record. Mick comes in to firefight and solidify things. It made sense and it worked for for a while until Mick became ridiculously defensive. Hurst makes sense in its own thing. He's got the record, at, uh, recent record at Shrewsbury. Bringing through young players, it makes sense. Now, if you look across football, I mean, what is it, an average life expectancy of a manager of 18 months or 15 months or something? Most chairmen don't get appointments right. It is very actually rare for a chairman to appoint somebody who's just successful. So, yes, he's made mistakes. Yes, the appointments haven't been great. And hopefully Cook is the right one. It's the one I've had most faith in since McCarthy was appointed. But I don't think that the fact that he hasn't appointed the right person ultimately is is entirely fair when you look at other clubs as well. Similarly with his statement, which, yeah, it's full of platitudes, but then press conferences are full of platitudes and we um, have podcasts about um, press conferences. So... 
if he doesn't say anything, then he's playing us all for fools and he doesn't communicate. And then when he does say something, then we criticise him for saying things that we don't want him to say or and things like that. It, short of having somebody who's going to give you sort of like running commentary on everything that's happening in the boardroom, I think that there's a lot of people who are a bit like with Lambert or with Mick towards the end. I just It doesn't matter what is done, Evans is a problem. And I don't think that he necessarily is. As I say, I don't think he's great. I don't think he's terrible. There are much worse managers, uh, owners out there. And, of course, social media just goes in a meltdown if anybody says boo to anything on account of the fact that everybody's minutest word needs micromanaging. Um, the bit that I took issue with in the statement is about COVID. Besides the fact that the whole thing just pisses me off and I don't want anybody to ever talk about it again. Thank you very much. Equally... Saying that Ipswich have had this really difficult time because of COVID, yeah, so have other 92 other clubs, plus all the non-league ones. So, I mean, it, it's not unique. Yeah, um, Lambert had had it. Great, cool. Um, his hair hurt. But what was it, the Shrewsbury manager's been in hospital and he's back in hospital again now. So, and, and he's done managing from his hospital back. or whether there's something else. I think that's actually pneumonia rather than painful follicles, isn't it? So the COVID thing just got on my nerves completely because everybody's in the same boat. In terms of the um, sale itself, I have concerns. Um, I don't like foreign owners particularly. That's not because I have a problem with foreigners. It's on account of the fact that I have a problem with people who aren't here. They don't have an affinity. And I think that Evans has gradually developed one over the years. I don't think he had one when he came in at all. Um, you look at what happened with Villa, with Randy Lerner, the way in which he was all enthusiastic for a couple of years and then walked away. You look at all sorts of other clubs who've had the, the same thing down the years. So I've got a slight worry about that. And I've got a bigger worry about debt. We lose six to seven million pounds a year before we spend significant money at any point so you're looking at somebody coming in who's prepared to cover six or seven million pounds worth of debt over say at least assuming that we go up and then we consolidate and then we go up again so say over the next four years before there's a realistic chance of getting into the premier league of, of covering 20 30 million pounds of the debt over that period of time assuming that they're going to be the sort of people who throw cash at it and buy players and at the moment, the terms of the deal which Evans has from Sheepshanks is that the debt is his. It's not He can't load the debt on the club. So he can't walk away from that, leaving the debt on the club. That was one of the terms with Sheepshanks. What's, not, what's to stop an own, a new owner coming in and doing like it's happened at Burnley, where Burnley had cash, they were debt-free, the new owners have come in, they've borrowed money to buy them, and then they've put the transfer of the debt onto the club themselves, so they're now in debt, the same as the Glazers did at Manchester United. That, for me, is a big concern as well. So, yeah, cool, new owner comes in, they've got oodles of money, they're fantastically enthusiastic, they love Ipswich, there's nothing they like more than a pint of Adnams in the middle of Los Angeles or wherever they're from, and they have an absolute passionate for Suffolk Punch Horses, that's why they're investing. And they're not going to load the club with the debt they used to buy it. And they're in there for the long haul and so forth. 
as I say, I've just got concerns. If it happens and they're great, then cool. But I've, I don't think it's everything that everybody's getting overexcited about because I also don't think Evans is as terrible as a lot of people are suggesting. Similarly with money, and he has offered, has given money. Mick had money. He chose to spend it on um, signing on fees and wages. So we got Berra and people like that who we wouldn't have been able to afford if there'd have been a transfer fee involved. That's and he chose to get people like Tom Lawrence. He chose to get people like Fraser using high lo high weight loan fees instead of getting players on. So there was a budget there. It's just he chose to spend it differently. He backed um, Jewel. I mean Lee Martin, one and a half million. I mean the, the, why? Um, equally, Paul Hurst spent money. Lambert spent money on pissing loan fees up walls on nonsense players we don't necessarily need. We've got a 400 man squad. So the money's been around. And equally, you can hurl cash at things. You can have huge squads. You can pay people vast amounts of money. And it doesn't guarantee you promotion. Derby have spent stupid amounts of money going backwards. Over the years, from Wolves back in the early 80s, all the way through Man City repeatedly over the years until the um, Middle East came in and gave them the sovereign wealth of a small planet. Um, have th thrown money at things and gone nowhere. Money doesn't guarantee it. There's a lot of clubs, Burnley being one, Sheffield United, and I know they're struggling this season, but they're an incredibly well-run side. And you look at the fight they had against um, Villa last night, and they look like a side who's going to come bouncing straight back up. Burnley did it. They kept hold of um, Deitch, and they came back up and they were established. You don't need to have vast amounts of money. You need to have enough money to compete at your level, and you need to be well-run. And if you've got a long-term strategy with a decent manager with a strategy and a plan, that outweighs having large amounts of money. So, yeah, cool. If it happens, it happens. I don't care. And I'm not interested in what Twitter's got to say about it because the whole social media nonsense, you, I mean, picking over the entrails of um, whatever was farted out of some reporter's ass last week. But... If it happens, it happens. I hope it's a success rather than a huge cock up like Venkies or something. <laughs> but I, if it, yeah, I just want a well run club and you don't need huge amounts of money for it. You need a manager who knows what he's doing, who's given the space to do it. That's what I want. And I think that that can happen under Evans or a new owner. New owner causes me concerns. Do I think it's going to happen? Yes, I do. And I think there was a clue in the interview that Cook gave on the club website earlier on. There was just a question about the um, the takeover and he sort of dismissed it and went, he made a joke about, yeah, that, that, that'll be me out of a job then. And then he said, Not, nothing to do with me. And then there was a little throwaway comment in there and I thought, yeah, he's been told about this, but he's not saying anything. Um, I can't remember the exact words, but I just thought at that moment, hmm, yeah, he knows. So I think it'll happen, but I don't really care. All right. Well, well said as always, David. I'm sure you had all the listeners on their, well, their bums off their seats, ready and, to listen. And to getting more outraged more. because I'm defending Evans. <laughs> you know, it's, 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 it's a popular I'm opinion. A, I'm more intrigued how you can say that much, not care. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, he, he would swear more if he cared more. Oh, there you true. Go. Yeah. It, so. the, the ownership of the club. I mean, unless you're unless you're being owned by you know Owen Oyston, um, or something. Uh, or yeah, 
unless you're being owned by someone like that or I mean, you can morally question over certain owners at different clubs, but generally speaking, owners ought to be in the background who you just don't think about. And I mean, I, I didn't have vast opinions about David Sheepshanks or the Cobbolds before. I don't particularly, you know, where, where your passion lies is in the manager, the players, and, and that's, that's the thing. The owners shouldn't be an issue. That's why I don't care because I don't really care who owns the club as long as they're just sort of letting people get on with it. That, that's why I don't care. I do care if they end up being an asset-stripping bunch of wank stains. <laughs> I knew that word was going to get chucked out there at some point. I'm pleased you've just done it right there as I segue into Darren, who's definitely not a wank stain. Um, you've been, of course, itching to, to chat about this. Um, I've been seeing you at the corner of my eye. Um, so over to you. A lot's been said. Uh, you finish off this segment on the takeover. Will it happen? Will it not? David doesn't care. Well, David does care. David cares about a lot of things. So, um, yeah. Uh, I mean, the statement, I actually can picture Marcus Evans marching around his room like Alan Partridge with a dictaphone. And that's where all these quotes come from. So that's why it's just some rambling thing with a load of nonsense. Um my day job, what pays me to keep buying iFollow uh, vouchers and, and Ipswich shirts is in kind of corporate land. And so I, I can speak corporate bullshit. So I can, if I translate his statement, basically he's saying, yes, there's, he basically said a lot without saying anything. So um, he he's basically, he's just playing poker with them. There's a load of negotiations going on. He's come up with a statement saying, I'm not looking to sell, make me a better offer, basically. So, you know, we'll, we'll see. Um, I'm a, the older I get, the more skeptical I become about everything. So I think there's always loads of talk about football clubs being sold. And I don't know what the figure is, but most of them never go through, do they? You know, there's always uh, the fit and proper person test or, whatever that that test is meant to be that you know so many takeovers fall at the last hurdle so we'll see we'll see what happens with this one um as, as far as evans goes i mean his tenure um no one can really criticize him for the amount of money he's put into the club really um you know he has thrown at it he got his hand burnt you know in the early days as, as everyone has said with with keen and and um all the you know the following managers onwards and um yeah that was always one of the things that was critical about mick was when they then the club used to put out the statement about the year's accounts we would be spending an absolute fortune on loan signings you know why why that money could have been spent elsewhere but um what i think what i would love to see change if the sale doesn't go through and Evans continues as the owner, it is, you know, partly what David said with really the owner, that's fine. Stay in the back. Please keep the money coming. Um, but we do need people, good people in the club to run the club. You know, who, who is their foot, you know, director of football or whatever the fashionable term for those people is now, but that's what Sheepshanks did. You know, Sheepshanks was connected to everything that was going on. You know, I, I, I haven't been to the ground for a while because I don't live in Ipswich, so I can't can't see there. But the last time I went there a few years ago, 
you know we all seen it all the all the blue wooden doors on the outside all rotting away with paint peeling off i mean that's a that's a disgrace really for a, a club of our size and all these little tiny things just no one was taking any care um what was interesting in some of the comments that i've seen over the last few weeks about evans is that he wants to be involved but he's not there to make any decisions and i've worked in you know in jobs like that where you work with management teams who want to micromanage everything and then so the people left in the club <laughs> David, <laughs> yeah so the people left in the club might be wanting to do stuff they have to get it signed off by marcus evans but he never actually is there to sign it off so then things don't just, just don't get done so you know we all every business every company everyone needs good people there and i think we're just missing a few good people at that that level to to manage the club i'm not criticizing any of the people running all the ticket office and the shop and all those guys do a fantastic job it's just sort of linking you know the the owner seems to be a bit uh, a bit away from that point of view but um yeah um the statement was a you know was a was a nothing it's nice to hear from him you know like david said people everyone's been criticizing him because we haven't heard anything lambert was in a shocking run of form everyone's criticizing and she, and evan said absolutely nothing <laughs> for weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks so um it's going to continue to be the next few weeks will be uh, continue to be exciting for it well is exciting the right word you know this but there'll be a bit of a, a soap opera continuing i think with what's going to happen will it happen will it not paul cook settling in all that sort of jazz so um the end of the season is very close you know so it's going to go quick be, be, before we know it it will be may and with any luck we'll have uh, as, as sex has predicted we're gonna we'll jam automatics and and somehow fluke it or or we'll be watching ipswich on uh, at wembley in the playoffs somehow fingers crossed Indeed. Well, <laughs> oh, no, it's not a rant. It's just a passionate speech. These are all passionate speeches. They're not. They're not um, rants. They're all just passionate speeches from all of you, like the King's speech and all that. I don't know any other speeches that are famous. Uh, of course, Martin Luther King, but that was something very, very different. Um, but let's move on to um, games. Games were played during this absolute madness of um, a few days of. Uh, manager getting sacked, a new manager coming in, takeover talks and stuff. And we are still five games unbeaten, starting off um, with a win against Doncaster. Paul Lambert's last game in charge, quotes. Um, or was it mainly Matt Gill and Jimmy Walker in charge? Uh, Matt Gill was definitely in charge in a dugout for the Accrington win. I'm going to go over to you, Liam, as you took charge of the, the takeover talks. Um, first, so your take on the Accrington win. We watched it together as our normal Skype call chat. And um, I think we were surprised how the outcome came with Accrington taking the lead early on, a red card, a penalty missed from Norwood, and then two late goals or two goals in the first half. And second half was just nothingness. So um, your take on the Accrington win. We'll forget about Doncaster. It happened. We beat them. There we go. <laughs> um, well, I mean, the ironic the ironic thing is this five game unbeaten run actually began with that draw against Northampton, <laughs> which everyone is really, really annoyed about, but for good reason as well. It's dire. Um, the Accrington game though, um, 
I mean, I don't know how Accrington have managed to get that red card overturned. I mean, it's his last man. He's taken Norwood's legs. It's, it's, it's a penalty and a red card by the letter of the law. I mean, I know this new double jeopardy rule has come in, but I mean, the fact of the matter is, is he's behind the player and the rule states that if you're making an attempt to get the ball, that you should uh, that you should only receive a yellow card. Well, he's got to go through the whole man to make an attempt to get the ball. So for me, he's just doing a last-ditch tackle. Um, but look, we missed the penalty. It was a shocker. Um, and Norwood managed to score probably the hardest chance out of uh, the three chances that he had before that. Um, but I thought first half was really good uh, in places. Uh, Town look a different team now. They're creating chances and they look dangerous. Uh, and they're forcing goalkeepers to make saves all of a sudden, which is something that we rarely saw earlier in the season. A um, little bit disappointed with the second half uh, due to the fact that we're against 10 men and we struggled a little bit game management-wise. Didn't really see it out very well. And Who knows? Accrington, with their direct play, could have maybe snuck an equaliser. They almost did at one stage. Good save by Holy. Um, but, I mean, can't complain. It's a difficult place. We struggled there before. And three wins on the trot against three teams who, before the start of play, were higher in the table than us when we could hardly beat anyone higher in the table than us. Um, it is absolutely brilliant. And, I mean, if Paul Cook now comes in and adds those little bits of extra that we're hoping he can, then maybe we can start winning games with a bit more style. Um, and just continue this very good run towards what we hope might be a return to the second tier. Well said. And um, I follow numbers were on the app, weren't they, Tom? Um, over 5,000 uh, fans tuned in to watch us beat Accrington Stanley. Uh, Paul Cook in the stands for that game. Um, your takeaway from that that win, um, it's unbelievable to think, as Liam said, starting off with the, the unbeaten run, that goalless dire terrible, dreadful, all the words that are bad on that game. Um, but yeah, Accrington, we won 2-1. Yeah, over 5,000 people getting seasick at the uh, fantastic camera work of the iFollow the guys. Um, no, I, I think it's like I said off air before, like the run of games from Oxford to now, if you'd have said before we'd get 10 from 12, we all would have said you're, you're insane, there's nowhere that's going to happen. It's just Again, it's just nice. I'm being in four. When did that ever happen? I, right. I honestly can't remember the last time that happened. But yeah, the Accrington game was decent. Um, we, sh- I think the the main thing for me is the, the character we showed. Like earlier on the season, had we gone a goal down, that would have been no, not possible, not going to happen. There's no way we're going to come back and win this. But we just kept fighting, and they just kept plugging away and going for it, and just sticking to the plan. And it worked. It was just so nice to see. And obviously, you know, Mr. Toxic has gone and, you know, Paul Cook's in the new manager. They probably were playing for him, obviously. But it just seemed like they were much more in the game, much more like, no, we can outscore them. It's that Quinton Stanley. I know they're doing well this season, but there's, there's no reason why we can't beat them. So for me, the, the character was the best thing about that game. Um, 
the the, the, the goal that Holy let in, or I don't know. I, I don't know how to feel about Holy because obviously, yeah, that good run was it last season where it was something like 14 clean sheets or whatever. I can't remember what it was. It was a lifetime ago, obviously. Um, it was just so sloppy. It was like you should be absolutely having those in your hands. That, that should be so safe and so so easy, especially for guys of his size. I mean, what, he's six foot nine. His arms must be like two or three foot. He should be absolutely gobbling up, you know, those balls in the box. That that was really, really poor for me. I, I'll, just um, chip, I'll just chip in if I can. As a member of the goalkeepers union, I would, you know, I would just slightly defend Thomas Holy here because all of you outfield players didn't notice that Toto slid trying to block the ball right across in front of Toto. So you're right. Totally agree with you. Toto should have handled it better. But no one's missed the point that this massive frame of Toto went flying across in front of Toto, in front of Holy just before. But um, a big man of six foot nine can't get down low very quick. So um, that's where he's always going to have a bit of a, a bit of a weakness in his game. Cross the ball high to him all day long. That's all he wants to do. But yeah, he um, just to put a little, a little defence there of, of of our man Holy. <laughs> You know what? That, that's a fair point. I I didn't even think about that to be honest. I, for for me, I I don't know whether we've seen enough of enough of Cornell yet. But you'd keep winning sides, so I imagine he'll stay in for the next game. But overall, I think I'd stick I'd stick with Holy. I think on the balance of everything, he's he's been all right for us since he signed. So um, the the red cards, which has obviously been overturned. Today, definitely a penalty. He took his legs away. The ball was going straight. No attempt to play the ball. I didn't know this whole thing about the double jeopardy thing either with red cards and penalties. There's so many rules I just don't understand with football anymore. All these, you know, shirts sitting in the boardroom, just like, oh, this is what we... I don't understand it, but anyway. Um, crap, crap, pen. Pens are really easy. Smash them as hard as you can in the corners. Literally twat the ball as hard as you can. Don't be fancy. Don't try any clever run-ups. Don't be slow. Don't be clever. Just ping it in the top or bottom corner as hard as you can. And he didn't do it. It was far too close to the, the keeper and it was easy for him, really. Um, but, I mean, I, I will defend Norwood in general. People are saying he's he's missing a lot of chances, but he gets himself in the right positions. He's still scoring, which is, which is obviously important. There was a nice little pass from Bennett's in the first half. Nor was there was a nice little turn and shot. He probably should have scored from there, but he's he's our best best hope of of scoring. Um, so I, yeah, I'm I'm well on the the James Norwood train. I, I think he's, he's the best striker at the club. So regardless of how many he misses, if he's scoring every game, I, I couldn't care to be honest. Um, and then in the second half, it was very scrappy, classic hip switch. You know, <laughs> heart heart in our mouths, being like, please see this one out. For the love of God, please see this. We need this. <laughs> Um, and we just about saw it out, which was which was good. Three or four weeks ago, that might have been a draw. That might have been an Accrington win. Who knows? But but yeah, overall, another good result. The Donny game, um, absolutely lovely to see a team have 75% possession and get absolutely nothing out of that game. That, fair, that filled me that quite a lot this season. <laughs> I I just I. For, for me, it's like all, we've obviously all said about the possession before. It's like it, it doesn't matter. This direct style is, is much, much better. So it was good. We um, we we got a, a result from um, from that. 
the judge free kick as well. Like how how do we go from not being able to even hit a free kick over a wall to then literally pinging it, you know, with with a nice bit of curl, nice bit of bend. How how is that a thing? I I you know obviously it's wonderful, it's great, but it's like where was that all this season? You know, seeing every single free kick either like blazed over the bar or blazed into the um, into the wall. But yeah, I, overall, I mean, second half again is a classic example of Noel being in the right place at the right time. Scrappy goal. Who who cares? A goal a goal's a goal. You know, there was Van Nistel at United. He he never scored good goals, but he was always in the right place and at the right time and tapping them in and. I think that that's all I expect from Norwood. I'm I'm not fast. I I don't care whether he scores goals from outside the box. If he can, you know, score twenty this season, brilliant. It's what we um, what we brought him in for. But yeah, overall, really pleased with with the Doncaster result. Didn't expect anything from that at all. We're a very good side. Darren Moore, very good manager, who's obviously gone on to better things now with with Sheffield Wednesday. But yeah, I mean, you know. We've had that the hard bit now. Those, those four games were the, the games we also were going to be pretty tricky, and the, the games ahead don't don't look too bad. So who knows? We might be undefeated for a little while longer. You know, t- touch wood. Okay, and yes, that's how we're going to end the pod. Is uh, predicting the March fixtures. I want to go over to you, Brad. Um, we finally won at Accrington as well after them two terrible results there. One in the FA Cup and then one. Um, last season live on Sky or both games have been live on Sky and on a Sunday um, at 12pm so it's always been a long trip there on a lovely Sunday morning uh, early hours but um, it was good to see a win and um, a good start to the Paul Cook era although he was just in the in the, in the the stands of course but he was still shouting Yeah that's because it's always been a massive game because mm. it's always been on Sky hasn't it? I can't believe it went Tuesday night <laughs> um, yeah, thankfully, Atkinson did have that man sent off because they started like a house on fire. Um, I thought coming into the game, Paul Cooks has been announced. I thought we'd be the team doing that, but Stanley, God, they started so fast and um, could have been 2 0 up um, quite easily. And that was a real gift because then we were able to just get a bit more time on the ball. Um, I know we're still quite compact and direct, but there, there was a hell of a lot more space there for Dizelle to turn on the ball get it wide, and um, to Bennett, who I thought had his best game in the town shirt. Gets a lot of stick because of his end product, but he's the only winner at the club for me who can beat a man, who can actually line a defender up with a couple of couple of steps, step overs, and then he's gone. And in the Doncaster game that happened, and um, he got his uh, left back booked in that game, and in the Atkinson game, this happened again. Yeah, it's just that final ball with him. And I'll tell you what, if he had that final ball, he'd probably be starting for Mitchell Gladbach. Because he's he's got everything apart from that final ball, and that is why he's at the level he, he's at the level as, as he is. Um, but I thought he had his best game in a town shirt. Um, and yeah, if if and there's one person I want to wax lyrical about, and that's James Wilson. Um, he's just so cool, composed, calm, all of the seas, good seas anyway, and um, just plucks the ball out of the sky. Like, like there's, there's one moment that happens in the game where. They've launched it long to Kobe Bishop, and he's just sort of read it, stepped back, taken it on his chest, and just played it out again. And that, that is so similar to uh, James Collins when he was here. It, it just similar sorts of players, no nonsense, just solid. I don't, I wouldn't say he's probably as good as what James Collins was in his prime, but for, for what we for what he came in for, 
that's amazing of a player he's, he's become, really, because for me, he's the best centre-half of the club. And, and Toto is playing so well beside him at the minute. I've just given him a kiss of death because he'll give a penalty, penalty away on Saturday now. But he's, he's in real form at the moment and a real physical force. And he will be against teams like Agrington. Agrington had to play that way because they had 10 men. They had to go direct, so that just plays into Toto's hands. So is there anything he's got a header away. He's probably the best centre-half in the league for that, isn't he? Um, and that'll be the same for Julian on, on, um, on Saturday, who just love a long throw. So hopefully, Toto will just head at every single one of them why as well. And um, yeah, those two have been, uh, for me, purely what has been in the upturn of our form. Just that solid base at the back. And um, anything but solid, when it was McGuinness and Wolf, no, not if it was McGuinness and, and Ciala. Just having two, just no-nonsense centre-halves. He can still play a bit of football. Wilson's still quick. He can still paint a ball 30 yards easily. But just having two defenders who love to defend, that has then give the players a forefront to then go and play. I wouldn't necessarily we're playing great football, but we're being more compact, organised. We're hitting Parrot and Norwood early. They're linking up, moving off. And it's just a hell of a lot quicker, a hell of a lot more threatening. And Parrot and Norwood are a threat. And I, I, I think they will be for a while as yet. And um, I hope Troy Parry gets his first goal because he deserves it. He's another player who, who um, needs a mention as well because he, his touch and his um, couple of games in that Agrington game, where a couple of moments in that Agrington game where I, I couldn't believe he's come out with the ball. He's, he's just so tentatively gifted. Um, you're you're going to be if you're a Spurs youngster, aren't you? And if he's if going to be the next Harry Kane, but I, I don't know about that. But if, yeah, on, on, on Doncasters, I've not even spoke about that one yet. Um, it was another decent performance. Um, I thought the Hull game was probably the best performance of the season. That was a similar sort of performance, just with less legs. Accrington was even less legs than that. So I think changes need to come at the weekend. Um, so, yeah, just a few little tweaks here and there. But two wins against top six. Well, not, yeah, Accrington, not top six, but top, um, top eight sides above us. We've been craving that for so long. When we did our thing at the start of the season, the good, the bad, and the ugly, the ugly for me was not beating those top eight sides. Um, so just to be able to do that, and just while being solid and not really playing your best either, is a really, really good sign. So you're now going to get a manager coming in with a new bounce, manager bounce, hopefully with the sky's the limit. Okay then, over to you, Segs, uh, David and Darren. Uh, a lot's been covered already, so <laughs> trying to think of some other stuff. Well done to you if you do. Um, Segs, over to you. Um, two good wins this week, um, carrying on from the win against Hull as well. Yeah, really good. Uh, absolutely brilliant. <laughs> so that, yeah. Um, I enjoyed the African game, especially the first half. I thought it was refreshing. Um, it was like a new team um, for some of it. I know, I know, arguably, Akron had gone down to 10 men, so it perhaps didn't make it easier as such, but it, it looked more promising. Um, yeah, at that first half, it was a definite red. Um, I don't know why it's been overturned. I don't understand that at all. Uh, whatever. Um, that doesn't matter anymore. It's, it's done now. It's uh, Our season carries on. Um, Norwood, for me, is a terrific header um, for him to get on the end of that. But with everything else, he scores when he's not thinking about it. Um, and then when he has to think about it, he it just doesn't happen for him. Um, so if we can get him in those opportunities now where he doesn't have to think about it, just cross it into him, and he's just a, a bit of a poacher's goal, then why not? Um, if it gets us the goals, then I'm more than happy for it. But I say, if he, if he has to think about it, it's not going to work. And he'll he'll keep putting them high, wide, and handsome, or 
into the keeper's hands. So that's unfortunate, but that's just the way he is. Um, yeah, uh, obviously it's the we've beaten three top eight teams now, and you wouldn't expect that under Lambert um, how things were going. So it's uh, it's definitely refreshing. It's definitely a good sign of how things are going. Um, back to Wilson. I think he's been tremendous since he's come back in the side. Um, we've definitely missed him. Um, I mean, him and Toto were the forefront of that start at the beginning of the season. And then as soon as we started chopping and changing that, obviously Wilson got injured as well. It made a big difference for us. So um, the fact that Wilson's back in there, Toto's back in there as well, they're playing together, they're playing well. It's given us a bit of a defensive unit at the back for the others to play, like Brad said. So that's a definite plus. Um, I would bring in Matheson on Saturday if we had to change someone. Top Chambers or you can't bring him to centre-back with how Toto and Wilson have been playing. So for me, Matheson has to come in. Uh, Bennett's has been okay, but I wouldn't be surprised if Edwards or Lancaster or someone like that came in for him. Um, but they, they all, it was a it was a good game. I enjoyed the first half. The second half was a bit more risky and a bit more, you know, touchy bum time. But yeah, it's, it's, it's it, 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 we won. We got the results. We got the result. It doesn't really matter. Um, we're heading up the table, close to the playoffs. But thing is, for me, um, I've been really upbeat since that game. I don't know if everyone else has probably have, but it just feels like it's the end of the "be careful what you wish for" era, and we're now heading up, heading up and up. Um, maybe not this season, but it's it's definitely positive from now on. Um, I can't see it being any less than that. If it is, then I'll eat my words. Well, I've, I've somewhat eaten my words because I said the season was over after the Northampton game, but a lot's changed since then. So, I'm, you know, I'm just going to leave it there. Uh, we had a different manager in charge and we were just rubbish. Now we've um, somewhat done well. Uh, David, over to you then. Um, Darren, I can see you probably just scribbling out all your notes. OK, that's mentioned. That's been mentioned. That's been mentioned. Um, but I'm sure both of you can bring up some other stuff about the, the two wins. Uh, so, David, over to you to take it away. Um, I'll be brief, unlike normal. Um, yeah, two good wins, two hardworking things. The things I've been most impressed with is the way in which we're closing down and pressing. I've talked about it loads and loads over the last few years. We stopped doing it after the Southampton game in the, in the playoff year. Up to the Southampton game when McGoldrick got injured, we were pressing really, really well, and we haven't done it since. And I'm really pleased to see that back. That energy and the way in which not letting people settle is the huge difference. Yes, we're playing high up the pitch. Yes, we're doing more. We're going more direct. But the biggest thing is we're unsettling people. We're working so hard to cover the ground and cut the supply lines off the opposition. That's why you can have 75% possession and not win because. It wasn't sort of peppering the goal with hundreds of shots. The, di- the shots were from distance because we were shutting things down. They were having to go backwards. So that's really good. And credit to um, Matt Gill for the last four games, basically. Um, so that I'm impressed with. If Norwood carries on snaffling a goal out of every th- three that he does, gets a goal a game, that gives him um, another 16 goals this season. Gives him 22 for the year. Um, that'd be quite good as well. He's top scorer, isn't he? Despite the fact he's only started nine games, six goals and nine starts. I disagree with Brad about um, Bennett. Um, I've been on a number of rants about him. Um, I just think that, yeah, he's pretty 
but what what on earth is the point of having a player who's pretty but doesn't give you anything um, in end product? As far as I'm, he's like Danny Haynes. I know he scored against Norwich, so he's a god. But actually, Danny Haynes spent vast amounts of time running very fast towards the corner flag and doing nothing with the ball afterwards. I like Danny Haynes, but you know, that's that's my my thing. I would be looking to replace Bennett's in that side. I criticised before Parrot, but I thought against Accrington, Parrot was outstanding. His link-up play and his movement off the ball and the way in which he was using his body strength to hold the ball up and play other people in, I was hugely impressed. So I'm quite happy to hold my hand up and say I've been wrong about him because I thought that he was a waste of money coming here. Equally, Wilson, commanding, and Toto, the physicality and the headers that he did and the, the way he strode out and just went, I'm having that. Um, superb. I could see both sides of the penalty. Um I see why Atkinson were angry about it. I could see why he was sent off. Um, doesn't make any difference now. They've got their player back and we've got the three points. So, again, um, I, I refer to my previous comment about not really giving a toss. So, yeah. Good win. Well done, Matt Gill. Roll on the um, glory days. Yes. Wow. <laughs> Darren. Is that, um, was that brief enough for you? Yeah, yeah, that was, yeah, that's fine. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty, happy pretty succinct by my standards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I was, you know, I was going to make it up a cup of tea, but I haven't had time to do that. Um, I don't know if Darren's going to let me make a cup of tea while he chats along, um, but take it away, Darren. Um, I'm sure your notes are now very empty because of what's been said, but take it away. No, well, the, the I mean, the Aquita game, I went there last season and um, a really tricky little place, little ground, it's even worse than Layer Road, you know, Colchester's is our ground, if any of you lot are old enough to remember Layer Road. Um, but uh, I, I thought we were really lucky, actually. You know, Accrington started really well. They did they did just effective stuff. Close you down, get the ball wide, cross it. You know, it's not complicated. And, um, and they scored. Um, and luckily for us, the ref sends a guy off. I thought it was a it was a pen booking carry on. It shouldn't he shouldn't have been sent off. Um, terrible pen, as everyone's already said. But um, second half, yeah, we the from that point onwards we were really good. I really enjoyed watching us. Lots of playing movement, uh, lots of runs, switching a play. It was really really good. And then been the second half, I think obviously, I think the, they thought the game was won. And um, they were starting to play as individuals more than, you know, the team and patterns and all that. And, and really, you know, to use a bit of a cliche, you know, if someone had turned the match on now, you would have thought the Ipswich were down to 10. And, you know, Atkinson, you know, because we were hanging on, you know, we were definitely hanging on. But, you know, I agree with the boys over the last few games. Parrot has got better and uh, not, yeah, Parrot has got better and better and better. I wasn't a fan of him in his first game, but he's got a lot of quality, a lot of strength, and his his sort of energy and and work rates fantastic. Miles Kenlock, you know, he's that's such a shame he didn't that that <laughs> that run where he he won the ball and then just this did this like Ronaldinho style click click in between two players and then Nor's obviously well, couldn't I wouldn't go that far. I wouldn't go that far, but yeah. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, at the standards we've been seeing recently, <laughs> yeah, yeah. it was, it yeah. was. Um, so 
but I think really, you know, the last, you know, whatever it is now, are we five games unbeaten now? The the common denominator in in all of that are kind of a few things. Um, James Norwood's back, and he's you know, so he's played I think in every one of the last five games, and funnily enough, is he three in five or four in five something? Um, we stopped fanning around with it at the back. You know, all of this, you know, passing around and all that. And, um, you know, we, we're just, just more organised and just getting on with it. And and uh, and Kenlock as well. You know, Kenlock has been a massive plus, I think, really for us. A lot, a lot, just, he's absolutely brilliant at left back. Um, the other person that we really should thank for all of these wins over the last four, or the last three wins, is Alan Judge. Not because of his performances, because of how he handled the referee debacle because um, the refereeing decisions we have had since, uh, you know, I can't remember the guy's name now. We have been on the best end of all of the decisions in every single game since that point. So how Alan judge handled it by saying, no need to apologize. It was done and over with when we left the pitch, you know, let's move on consciously or not i don't know but we've had really good reps since then <laughs> so um you know it's uh it's uh it was well played by alan judge so long may that continue but uh and the doncaster game i think that was an exact replica of of our season of how doncaster played possession 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 i mean to be fair they did it better than we did i thought their movement their passing their controlling was excellent but there was no end product and I think ironically, if you'd have gone to Paul Lambert after the game, he would have preferred us to play like Doncaster. You can find me if you want. I know I just said Lambert, but you know, <laughs> if, if he would have preferred us to play like that, but they lost, you know, and that's the point that, you know, I think most of us have been trying to make, you know, it's, it's not effective. Just, you know, keep the ball. That's let's get it in the box with some people in the box and then we might score. So um, yeah, good come, you know, good good games. Well done, Matt Gill. I think it would have been very confusing for the players as well. I don't know how many people on this pod have, have played kind of youth football where you've got diff- you've got parents and coaches all dotted around the pitch, yeah. and then you've got one parent saying to you, "Go on, go on, run over here," and then the coach is telling you to do something else. Obviously, the boys on on Tuesday had Paul Cook on one side of the pitch and Matt Gill and Jimmy Walker on the other side, all shouting different stuff. So that was probably a little bit confusing i would imagine if you were playing in the middle of the park anyway but um the role continues you know we're all now i think all of our predictions which are give you a nice little segue here ross at you know the next game i think if you'd asked us weeks ago everyone predicted a loss would have wanted us to lose and um but now no no i think everyone is probably looking forward to a good performance and a, and a win expecting a win probably Definitely, that's a, a lovely segue. Thank you very much, Darren. Um, yeah, everyone's pretty much predicting a win against Gillingham. Um, but we are going to look at the March fixtures as a whole, um, predicting them, how many points you guys think we'll get. Um, of course, we already had one game in March, which was the Accrington game, because that was the 2nd of March. Um, so that doesn't count. Um, uh, it does, but it doesn't. It's one of those things. But um, Liam, uh, we have Gillingham away this Saturday, then Lincoln at home on Tuesday night. Then Plymouth at home the following Saturday, then Fleetwood away, Pompey away, and then Wigan away to end the month. Um, some tricky, but some winnable games there, definitely. And definitely, if we're going to go on this run, 
where we're going to go and shit house automatics, then we're going to win all the games. Um, so you're predicting um, on these games, you reckon all three points or, or, or maybe a draw? It could, have been, could we lose one of these games? Well, I mean, I think it's night and day compared to what we predicted last month. I mean, obviously, changing circumstances now, but uh, I mean, there were a lot harder grouping of games uh, this last month than there is coming up. Uh, obviously, Lincoln and Portsmouth are the two games that really stick out as being the really big games. But um, Plymouth are doing well in mid-table. They, they can't be taken lightly. But, I mean, frankly, I, I'm, I've heard people say that Saturday against Gillingham is going to be a hard game. And I think it will be. I think it will be a, a tricky game because they aren't um, an easy side to beat. I'm sure they'll try and be physical. But they should be games we should be winning. Um, so for me, uh, I'm going to be bold this month. Uh, out of the six games, if we're not taking Accrington into account, I'm going to say we're going to get 15 out of 18. Um, and we may lose one game in there. And the most likely, I think it'll be Portsmouth away. But uh, I'm going to say um, that we're going to get 15 points, which I think is a fantastic return from this month. Oh, I'm just going to note that down. So I want to, I want to see if it's um, some people doubling up or it's going to be a whole different story. So I'm um, over to you then, Tom. Um, Liam's gone 15 out of 18. Uh, what do you reckon? You're going to go 18 out of 18, or do you think there'll be a few draws in there? It's not bad having having seen out that that last four fixtures. It's it's quite not quite as bad as that. Um, Saturday has to be a win just to, to watch. Steve, uh, Steve Evans blow a gasket. Everyone loves that. I know his mate Shambo's gone, but hopefully uh, his scouse mate will, will uh, do him over. But I'm I'm saying 13 out of 18. So I've said I reckon win it, win it, Gillingham. I think Lincoln will draw. I know they're on a bit of a bit of funny form now. Strangely, after Appleton signed his chop, what you know, big four-year deal. I think generally they've been one of the best sides in the division this year. So I think I'd be happy with a draw there. Uh, Plymouth win. The only loss I can see here is Fleetwood. And that's because we don't have James Norwood because obviously he's got his, uh, his court hearing. Um, I, I think we will miss in that game. He's, you know, his goals have been vital in these last few games. And he's, he's a, he's a pest. He's, you know, Mr. Shithouse, he's, he's here, he's there, he's everywhere. So Fleet was the only loss I'm seeing. And then, yeah, winning against Pompey and Wigan. Paul Cook's old stomping grounds. But yeah, 13 out of 18 still sounds pretty good to me. So yeah, we shall see. That's a good point on the you know, James Norwood missing the Fleetwood game. Um, so uh, Brad's um, take away 13, 15 out of 18 there. Um, are you on a similar boat there or are you going 18, 18? <laughs> same, same as Tom for me. Um, 13 about, out of 18. I think we'll start with a win on Saturday. Gillingham, like I said, have got that long throw threat, which they got two of their three MK Don's goals on Tuesday. Um but they'll, they'll, they'll be tricky, but I, I think if, if that's what they've got, Toto and Wilson should be able to deal with that. And uh, like I said, hopefully we'll see more goals stored under Paul Cook. 
Um, so that's why I've gone for a three 0 win Saturday. Um, and then I'm gonna go big and say Lincoln, we're gonna win. I think we're gonna beat Lincoln. They are stagnating at the minute, um, and I, I just fancy us. I, I, you know what? It's something about Paul Cook's arrival where I just fancy us in the bigger games now because of his personality and the way which he can motivate his side. I just feel like we're gonna turn up in these games. Um, and then that's probably why I've given the draw at Plymouth because they're sort of going under the radar a bit and I think they're now in the top half. Um, nice little side to watch as well. And um, I think Jeff Cott is still there, isn't he? Who mm. is a massive threat. Um, and like like Tom said, Fleetwood lost down to the James Norwood factor and also being 400 miles away from Ipswich um, after all of the games we've had in that. We're, we're, we're Saturday and Tuesday um, to use a McCarthyism for the next what month, aren't we? So it's gonna it's gonna take its toll eventually, but with Jackson coming back, hopefully we're not gonna lose that game. But that's the only loss where I see us. And exactly the same reason for the Pompey and Widden games. I see us winning because Paul Cook's rolling into town and we're just gonna take the points. And Pompey fans are gonna say, God, I wish we still had him. Widden fans will <laughs> be saying the same. Um so that's why I'm going 13 for 18. And even though I've gone for that, I won't be too upset if it's like 10, 9, if they're even possible. Because you look at our run-in, and we've got the best run-in of any team in that top top half, really. Um, pretty much every game after them, they're against teams below us. So even if it starts slower than expected, I still fancy us for at least playoffs. Oh, well said. Um, over to you then, Segs. Um, you've gone for a 5 0 win this weekend. Um, would love that. <laughs> we would love that indeed. Um, are you going to go 5 0 for the rest of the season? Well, it depends if you want realist seconds or shithouse seconds, I guess, really, isn't it? Because a mix of both would be nice. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I've, I've partly gone 5 0 because I don't really care about the Predictors League anymore. We've got Paul Cook in now. Um, that was just to keep me happy being at the top there for so long. But Brad can have that now. I don't care. You know, it's all yours, Brad. Take it. Um, <laughs> but no, um, in terms of the fixtures coming up, I mean, I have been quite open. I have been saying about how we're going to shit out all shit house autos now. Um, forget the playoffs. Uh, I don't want to playoffs anyway because we're not all going to make Wembley. So, um, you know, we'll, I, I'm feeling we'll get second. But in terms of March, I don't know. I, I would want to go 18 to back up my my positivity, but I'm going to go 16. And we're going to draw against Fleetwood because of the Norwood factor. Um, in terms of the games, you know, we've got, obviously we've got Jadim coming up, and it's um, Lincoln next week. I think we'll beat Lincoln. They're on a bit of a downward spiral at the moment. Obviously, we've, they lost on Tuesday and we won. And we were, before the game, we were seven points behind and we had a game in hand on them as well. So if we can, win that game and handle them and beat Lincoln that puts us to four well, it, before Tuesday's game it was four points before so I'm guessing it would be one point now um, I can't quite remember the table um, and obviously got Plymouth who are mid-table but we beat him last time um, and that was under Lambert so you know I don't want to disrespect them at all but I do think we'll get three points there and also we go to Fleetwood I think that'll be a, be a draw um, it's a long long journey up there um, so, you know, it's, we haven't got Norwood either, so we're, the goals aren't going to come as, as much as we'd like to, maybe, um, as long as he's not thinking, of course. Other people um, can score, by the way. My boy, Goyon, 
Five goals no, from this no, season. No, I know, I know, but <laughs> I do think um, Fleetwood will be the, the only draw there. We'll beat Portsmouth because they've gone on a bit of a downward spiral as well recently. Their form is not as good as it was at, like, when we played them last time. So obviously they're, they're struggling a bit. And obviously we've got a Wigan who, unfortunately for them, bottom of the table, I believe, aren't they? Or bottom three, not doing very well. Um, will Keane will score, though, uh, if he's playing against us. <laughs> there is that bit to it, but we'll beat them. Um, so yeah, um, it's a very different segment to what you had a couple of weeks ago when I was here. Um, it's, it's, ama- it's amazing what um, different the change of manager can do. It's amazing what that getting rid of that fraud can do to someone. But yeah, I'm very upbeat. Um, yeah. <laughs> okay then, um, David, over to you. Uh, what are your workings out on the games we have in March ahead of us? Uh, what are you going for? Uh, Gillingham 3-0 as I put down earlier on Lincoln are in um, iffy form they've got I know a couple of Lincoln members they've got a lot of injuries um, they think that the the problem is the lack of squad depth that they're, they're, they're it's not Appleton it's just that they don't have the squad to be able to contend with the number of games and the space of time and they've got the injuries that will win that one Plymouth, I mean all of these you've got to earn your right to win but I believe that we can earn our right now that's the thing is I don't think that we ever did before. Um, that's what Matt Gill managed to do is he said, right, you, you've got to go and earn that right on the pitch first, which is what we've done in each of those games. So Gill's put the, that in, in place, I think, nicely over the last three, four games. So Lincoln will win. Plymouth will win. Fleetwood will win. I need to be realistic at some point in this. So I'm going for a Portsmouth draw purely on account of the fact that we had the comeback um, to 2-2 and then it all went horribly wrong got turned over again so Portsmouth is just going to sit there as a little bogey team in the background aren't they to, just to annoy you um, and also I don't feel I can just go for 18 points that's that's just sort of territory to annoy annoy Oscar so and then we, we're going to down the bottom of the table really so even even under somebody else I think we would have beaten Wigan in a previous existence, I'd be predicting four points for this month. As it is, I'm going to predict 16. <laughs> Similar to me. Me and David are on par there. Like we always are for some reason. I would have predicted a, a draw against Plymouth and a beat and a, and a win against Wigan um, had people not changed their clothes over the last month. <laughs> 16 points but in my heart I believe 18 I just need to temper it I believe in 18 but yeah <laughs> okay then well Darren you've heard oh, and, and, and expect a lot more 3-0 predictions incoming because up up until about Christmas of 2019 3-0 was my standard prediction this whole sort of 2-1 1-0 2-0 to the opposition just doesn't sit right with me there's going to be a lot more three nils coming in. Oh, it's been an enjoyable pod. I always do enjoy recording it, but it's at least more cheerier, more happier <laughs> than uh, the normal, normal depressing chats we have, um, which is not good for our mental health during lockdown, but um, just the club at the time. But uh, now we're all happy and cheery. So, Darren, um, are you the same as everybody else, or are you going to be controversial and go for eight points? <laughs> No, of course not. No, that's why we're not going to ruin the mood. Um, no, I reckon four wins, two draws, 14 points. Um, yeah, no losses. We'll keep it going. We've got some, the sticky couple of games there, as everyone has said, is um, definitely Portsmouth's going to be a tricky game, I think. Um, we'll beat Lincoln at home. 
and we'll probably, you know, draw at, at Fleetwood. So, yeah, short and sweet, 14 points, two, four wins. I mean, the, the crucial thing really is wins. You know, we need wins. You know, I'm, uh, you know, uh, I've been around a while now with Ipswich and I remember the 23 game or whatever it was, unbeaten run under Burley where we were playing 5-3-2 or, or whatever we were playing, but we drew kind of 19 of those 23. You know, we've got to get wins. We need the three points. That's what's going to move us up the table. And um, by everything that I, you know, we understand about Paul Cook, he, he wants to have a go. He wants to have attack. You know, it's uh, that's uh, that score more than them. Aim for the stars. Yes. That's it. Come on. And of course, improve the goal difference as well. Cause yeah, that's our goal difference is, a... is shocking. Oh, yeah, our goal yeah. difference is... Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's depressing. Partly, that's partly why I've gone five 0 because we need an average of four point three 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 goals a game for us to get our hundred goals target. So uh, how, how many points? We won't score goals. It's not going to happen. But no, I, was, I was also going to say that the fact that they've got rid of Lambert now and find me if you want for saying Fine. his name again. Right. The, fact we, the fact we've got cooking now is just a it's a big plus for people's mental health at the moment, especially in lockdown and stuff like that. We can't do anything. I think is that, that's Tom Tom's buying the first round when the pubs reopen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, he's in Wales. He's in Wales. What are you talking about? Segs. We've got we've got two Toms. <laughs> yeah. Just notice our um all our predictions there are like thirteen and above pretty much. Well, we're eleven from our last five, aren't we? So even if we carry on a similar sort of form, and you look at the teams above us for a minute. None of them are in real, real good form. Peterborough are the only one who are. And you've only got to have some sort of form together to just crash into these playoffs because no one's performing. I, I just looked at Tuesday night's fixtures um, while Darren was talking. Um, was it Lincoln? No, uh, Portsmouth play Sunderland on Sky. Um, Hull, have got Link, or Hull have got Lincoln, I think. Or it's, it's one of those way around anyway. So, our run-in, we should, we should smash these playoffs and Smash automatics and smash. Why do you want playoffs? Don't mention playoffs. We don't need to mention playoffs anymore. They're gone. Playoffs play is yeah. defeatist. Aim with the, you aim with the stars. Automatic. It's not far though about, at all. The only thing I was saying about it's not far at all. Yeah. I think we could play a better. I think we could play a better formation uh, against Fleetwood that would suit the players with Norwood not. Available than if we had under uh, he who must not be named. Um, yeah. So, uh, Kellen, if that's the case, we'll have 18 points. It's going to prepare for games. <laughs> we just didn't prepare for games before. So, yeah, stars for limit. It's just so refreshing. Automatic, but it's not, it's not far off at all. I looked at the table, I was like, it's, it's not much at all. I mean, what McCarthy's done with Cardiff, he's taken, what, what like nine places in a month, I think it was, or something mental like that. So we have a decent march. It, it could... It's, it's seven not points a question off, seven at points all. Seven points second, something like that. Oh, nine. We're nine. We're nine behind Hull with three games in hand who are in second. So, I mean, Peterborough are the example. I mean, Peterborough weren't that far ahead of us and then won six or seven games in a row and then out top of the table. So, it, it can be done. Liam, don't mention Peterborough. You'll start David off again. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, I've had pleasant conversations with Peterborough fans this year. Yeah, well, 
there we go then. Uh, how refreshing it is. We've all got smiles on our face. Normally, by the end of the podcast, when we record it, we're like, oh, that was, that was exhausting. But this time, I think we're all buzzing. We're looking forward to the future under Paul Cook. I'm now looking forward to, to doing these more often with some good thoughts from you guys. Always good input. But at least now we've got some positivity coming around the football club. Um, thank everybody for listening once again. It's another big one, but a good one in terms of talking about positive stuff. Uh, here we go then. 18 points out of 18. Let's get into it. Five nils all round. Enjoy, guys. And uh, on the Paul Cook Barmy Army train, let's go. From true crime to football, Brexit to hopeful. For more great podcasts from Archon, head to audioboom.com slash channel slash Archon.